Over the past year, I've noticed that a lot of caregivers don't know what services and support is available within their own local community. I didn't know as a kinship caregiver because I was just an aunt, so I never knew that there was even a program that could have benefited me and the children in my home. So knowing that I'm able to connect and support other kinship caregivers across the state of Maryland is truly my passion and my purpose. So even if they don't know, they will know because we are making sure that kinship is screened across every jurisdiction. Welcome to What's the 211 podcast, where we provide you with information about resources and programs in your community. 211 Maryland is a health and human service line for anyone seeking help for themselves or someone else. You can dial 211 if you need help with food, rent, or other services. Text your zip code to 898-211 or visit our website at www.211md.org. If you or someone is in a mental health crisis or needs help with substance abuse, dial 211 and press 1 to immediately be connected with someone. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to What's the 211 podcast. We are excited to have our guest, Ms. Trina Townsend, Kinship Specialist with the Maryland Department of Human Services. Trina, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you. I appreciate you joining us today. So can you tell us a little bit about your role with the Maryland Department of Human Services and what that department provides for Marylanders? Yes. Currently, our Department of Human Services is the state's primary human service provider. We do help vulnerable Maryland population just by healthy foods. We help with paying energy bills. We help with obtaining medical assistance and a range of different services that our customers may need. We do have 24 local Department of Social Services, and with each one, we aggressively pursue opportunities to assist people in economic need and provide preventive services. One of which is where I come in, and that is with the Maryland Kinship Navigation Program. I currently am the Kinship Navigation Specialist, Program Administrator, and recently have become the Policy Analyst for the Kinship Program. So I'm so excited to be on that, working in that capacity to help strengthen policies and practices for our kinship community. What actually is kinship care? Can you tell us a little bit about what actually kinship means and provides? What, what does kinship care mean? Absolutely. I'm glad you asked because there are so many people that do not even have an understanding of what kinship is. If it's something they have to apply for, if it's something that um, is just natural. So I'm glad you asked that. Kinship care is a relative that is caring for a child, niece, nephew in their home 24-7 due to a serious hardship of another family member. Right now, we have a population of grand families. Since COVID, we've seen a rise in older siblings taking care of their younger siblings, as well as a host of niece, nephews, and cousins that have also stepped in to fill in the gap. And I do want to make it clear that a relative, as defined by Maryland, is an adult relative to the child of blood relation by marriage or within five degrees. 
Okay. And so this is basically someone who is not the, the actual parent of the individual, but they're, they're taking care of other relatives, child. That is correct. Yes. And so I know you mentioned a couple of different ways individuals could be considered. Could you repeat those again for us about who can actually be considered a kinship caregiver? Yes. Well, we do have two different types of kinship providers in Maryland. We have informal kinship care, which is where there is a living arrangement in which a relative of a child who is not in the care and custody of or guardianship of the local department of social services provides the care and custody of the child due to a serious family hardship. And we can get into those family hardships when we talk about the health care affidavit later on. Then we have the formal kinship relatives. Those are relatives that have a child that has been in foster care or within the care and custody of the department. And they have decided to go through the process of becoming like a restricted foster parent or relative, and they go through the same process as um, foster care parents, according to Comar regulations. But on both sides, formal and informal, it can be inclusive of grandparents, aunts, uncles, grandfamilies, cousins, older siblings, and then we also have a population called fictive kin which is a new terminology that people may become more aware of, but that is when it is a godparent or individual that the family or the child identifies as having a long-standing, closely bonded relationship. It could be your coach. It could be a faith-based individual that the child has become very bonded with, or it can be that godparent that has been there since birth or whenever that person entered their life. But that is who we consider fictive kin. That's really interesting. I'm sure there are a lot of legal questions that folks might have when they're assuming care of their relative's child. So are there particularly legal services available? And, and if so, like how does someone connect or what is available legally to help someone to understand this? So legally, DHS does not provide legal advice. But we do advise all caregivers of options regarding custody and guardianship. And then we can refer to legal services programs as requested. Every jurisdiction does have legal services. And that is where we would connect the family with a kinship navigator. So all four of our jurisdictions does have a specific pinpoint person at the Department of Social Services that helps with the kinship navigation, and they could help provide websites and resources for legal. Okay, that's definitely great and and helpful, I'm sure. And so if I am a caregiver or someone's a caregiver, like how, what some of the benefits that are available, what supports are available for them? Well, the best support is me. I'm here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I have to say that because as a, not only in my capacity do I work with kinship uh, caregivers, but I have the lived experience. I've taken care of my niece and nephew in my home. So I know what it's like to have a sudden interruption and having to restructure everything about the life to care for loved ones. And so some of the services that I have found beneficial, not only for me, but for some of our kinship caregivers that we work with is Number one, the kinship navigation program, having someone to connect with that tells you about the support within your local community. We don't know everything. And knowing that you even understanding that you are a kinship caregiver, 
some people don't understand even the terminology. So I related to being an aunt. I didn't know it was a kinship caregiver. Right, just taking care of it. Taking yeah, care so of imagine it, that light bulb moment. Like, wow, I'm a kinship caregiver. I never knew that. So I want everyone out there who's a grandparent, aunt, uncle, to know that this is nothing you apply for. It's something you just are if you have the children in your home. But some of the benefits is we do have the temporary cash assistant that our caregivers can apply for. Specifically for kinship caregivers, it would be the child-only grant, which is based solely on the child's income, not the household income. So that is one benefit that a lot of our caregivers are not aware of. We do also have a website at dhs.maryland, spelled out, .gov, G-O-V. And under foster care, you will see a subcategory for kinship care facts and information. It does outline our SNAP benefits, which is the old terminology for food stamps that is income-based, and also how to apply for medical assistance and how to apply for some of the other services that are available for our kinship families. Most of those that I mentioned are for our informal kinship that do not have children that have been in foster care or the care in custody. For formal, they do have to go through the same process as foster care parents, as far as the training, the home studies, the background clearances and things of that nature. But they would be awarded, if approved, a monthly stipend that is the same as our foster parents. So not only does, you know, they are they have access to this information, someone actually calls, they have access to someone who has sort of that lived experience and, and kind of guide them through what they could potentially could expect by contacting yes. them. Yes, they do. And they also would have, in May, we partnered with 211 Maryland and we launched the 211 Texan website or web link that they can text MD Ken Cares to 898-211 and receive monthly encouraging messages. They can also receive updates on websites and then just understanding that there's a community of unity out there where nothing but kinship and we come together and I just love that we have that partnership. Yes, and that's something we are definitely excited about as well. And so with the particular texting program, uh, you know, if someone subscribes and, and they get access to it, as you mentioned, they'll, they're able to get some uh, helpful information if they subscribe to it? Yes, if they subscribe, which is a free service to all Maryland kinship families, whether informal or formal or fictive kin, where all the community of unity, but they will receive monthly updates, encouraging messages, along with resources to support the kinship community. Those messages are text blasts. They go out twice a month, so they'll receive information that they can really use throughout their adventure of being a kinship provider. And even so, they can also go to the 211 website and obtain more resources that are available just by plugging in their information of what location they're in, their zip code, and there's a wealth of knowledge and resources that they can also get by driving right back to the 211 webpage. That's great, and we appreciate that. Can, can you mention the keyword again one more time so folks know? Yes, the keyword for signing up for the Texan subscription 
Yes. It's capital is the hashtag capital M D Ken K I N Cares C A R E S. The K and the C are capitalized, but don't worry if you don't get all of that capitalization, we got you covered. It'll get connected. Yes. So I, I know that there's there's financial assistance program called that I saw on your site, the guardianship assistance program. So like what does that do and how does that have help families in need of some financial support? Yes. For the Guardianship Assistance Program, or GAP, which can also be found on our website for more information. But just in a nutshell, the Guardianship Assistance Program is for caregivers or relatives that are caring for a child that has been in the custody of the department. So that has been in foster care, and that is a means of providing ongoing assistance to those relatives that may not want to adopt or may want to have that supplementary income to continue to support that child without terminating parental rights of their loved ones. And so for, again, we know that individuals who are trying to seek and connect services, whether they, they call your office. And so when someone you know contacts the office or one of the departments across the state, like what is that experience like? What should they expect when, when contacting um, the office, just trying to get information when they call? Like who's on the other end? Well, the first thing I hope they always experience is a warm welcome. And I also expect that and hope that they will also receive more information about how to get connected and how to continue to support a family member in their home. Um, what they would want to do when they call, because they may get connected to our intake or our frontline staff. So they would have to ask specifically for the Kinship Navigation Program. Or they can also ask for the family investment program. But if you start at Kinship, you'll get everything else all in one glove. So start there and they'll take over the rest. Everything else will work itself out. Yes, it will. And, and I also, you know, Mitch, I know there are, you know, two different types of consent um, that you know, caregivers are able to get. I know one, we can talk about them both individually, but there is a consent for healthcare affidavit, but also an education affidavit for caregivers. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, first, you know, the healthcare affidavit, generally what that is and how that helps support individuals? Absolutely. So the healthcare affidavit or HCA is for a relative providing informal kinship care for a child and they may consent to health care on behalf of the child if the court has not appointed a guardian of the child or awarded custody to an individual other than the relative providing kinship care. And the relative verifies the informal kinship relationship through the affidavit. And that form is completely filled out, sent to my attention, and we confirm that that child is living in their home 24-7. Unfortunately, right now, until some of the legislation changes, fictive kin is not included to be healthcare affidavit consent at this time. But anyone that is blood related can go to their local department of social services or local health department and pick up a healthcare affidavit to assist with obtaining healthcare services, with obtaining mental health services and applying for medical assistance. 
And so, so if I am a, you know, taking care of a, a nephew or, or a cousin of mine in my care and that, and knowing that he or she needs some, some medical support, medical attention, whether it's, you know, dentist, or as you said, like mental health support, which is important, you know, I, I can, you know, work with your office to get this particular affidavit in order to provide that support because we are blood relatives. I may not necessarily have to go through the legal process. There's an easier way to get the support that's needed. That is correct. We do provide that healthcare affidavit. It would have to be updated once a year, so annually. We don't want to make it definitely once a month. It's too tedious for our <laughs> caregivers, right? right. <laughs> That's right. And, and so, and, and along with that, you know, there's the, the education affidavit. And so how does that help, you know, support caregivers? Yeah, so for the educational affidavit, that can be picked up at the local board of education or the child's local school with the educational affidavit. It is also for informal kinship families, and that is to assist with enrolling a child into school, assist with getting the child if they needed special education services. So obtaining that 504 or the IEP. That is what that educational affidavit is for. And if you also speak with a PPW, a pupil personnel worker, they also have what's called a McKinney-Vento law that also in certain circumstances can assist with transportation and back-to-school supplies. That's good. And so, so again, you know, if I'm, you know, we're taking care, we are serving as a caregiver and as a relative taking care of, you know, our family in the interim, like, you know, there is a process where we can get them in school, you know, if, if they're at home, but we'll also get them health care by either working with your office or through the school system. Do you find that, you know, parents or caregivers sometimes may not be aware of these particular two, these two services? I have. Um, and since I've been in this capacity over the past year, I've noticed that a lot of caregivers don't know what services and support is available within their own local community. I didn't know as a kinship caregiver because I was just an aunt. So I never knew that there was even a program that could have benefited me and the children in my home. So knowing that I'm able to connect and support other kinship caregivers across the state of Maryland is truly my passion and my purpose. So even if they don't know, they will know because we are making sure that kinship is screamed across every jurisdiction. That's great. It's always good to have, you know, again, someone who has that experience or background. And so, you know, when you were, you know, fortunate enough to take on the task and support the family members, like how, you know, of course you, you had the background and you knew, but, you know, what was that experience like for you, for someone maybe listening in in the same position that you are, and just sort of unsure, uncertain? How was that experience like for you and, and relative, niece? How yes. was that experience? So I took on my niece and nephew who were teenagers at the time and already having two children of my own. So I went from a single parent family of two to a single parent family of five. And I would say the scariest part was the unknown, not knowing if you would have the financial support to sustain everyone in the home and really balancing out everyone's particular characteristics because they went from being cousins to simultaneously becoming siblings. And so making sure that their relationship still stays intact and also supporting my sister to help her get back on her feet so she can regain, you know, the physical custody of her children and really just making sure that 
We partnered with the school to make sure they were aware, to make sure my niece and nephew had everything that they needed educationally, and also making sure that mental health is so important. If you see something, you say something. If you saw depression or you saw something that just they just needed someone extra to talk to, that you're not afraid to speak up. That's great. It's definitely an important topic that you also mentioned. And as you said, you know, being able to support, you know, your loved ones, um, your sister, and as you are, you know, supporting you know, her children, but also, you know, supporting the, the parent through the process, which is important. Has there been, you know, from your experience, or are there sort of misconceptions out there or, or myths about kinship care and just caring for family members that we, we need to be mindful of and think about and clarify? Yes. One of the myths I would say that I have heard is that there isn't a kinship program in Maryland. And I think that as people are aware of the terminology, people will become aware and more assertive of the program and the services that are available for every Marylander that is a kinship provider. We do have a very active and engaging kinship program. We are here to help. And I just want to make sure that everyone knows that Maryland Kinship Program is not only growing, but we're enhancing as we learn what the needs are. You know, we can be biased to say one of the best across the country, but, you know, <laughs> that we have here. So within the office, how, how big is the, the office? I know with, with your particular role, are there other community supports within the office or, you know, if individuals are connected to you, then they, they will have access to all some of those other community supports and services that they might need? Well, currently... We do have like the other 24 jurisdictions. Every local department of social services does have the kinship navigator. So they do have that locally. But we also, it's interesting you ask, we have a enhanced kinship navigation pilot program that has just been launched this year. And it is within seven jurisdictions. So that is Kent County, Garrett, Allegheny, Wicomico, Worcester, Somerset, and now Frederick. And so with that enhanced kinship navigation pilot program, we partner with Maryland Coalition of Families, MCF, um, and for a randomization process to provide kinship navigation based on a peer-to-peer support model. And we also partner with the University of Maryland that helps with doing the randomization process to compare our Maryland business as usual kinship navigation program with the MCF model to see how we can grow, enhance, and improve. That's great. Can you list off those seven jurisdictions again? I sure can. So any kinship family that is in Wicomico, Oyster, Somerset, Kent, Garrett, Allegheny, and Frederick County that is new to kinship, they can call and be enrolled into the Kinship Navigation Pilot Program. Great. And, it's, and providing us a little more you know, wraparound services. But no matter where you are in Maryland, you know, you have access to a kinship program no matter where you are. Yes, you do. And you have access to me, which is the best support. <laughs> That's right. And so, you know, as we kind of wrapping up, are there any social media handles or other ways for listeners to follow you know, DHS or some of the kinship activities? I know we talked about the text messaging, but there any particular, you know, social media sites, Facebook or other ways that folks can stay informed about the department? Yes. DHS or Department of Human Services does have a Facebook page. 
They also have a Twitter page and LinkedIn. So if they just type in Department of Human Services, they will be able to connect on either one of those three platforms to connect with services. And so stay updated not only on kinship, but what's happening in Maryland and what services and supports we have going across the state. I do have to say September is Kinship Awareness Month. So stay tuned for events and more action. Okay, so get signed up now so you can stay up to date about what's going on in September. So in, in closing, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us or that folks should know? Definitely, you know, be mindful of September, which is Kinship Month, but also, you know, stay connected with text. Anything else you'd like to share uh, in closing, just with family members who may be out there and, and serving in that role and need some support or just anything else? Yes, I would like to say that my mission is to make kinship a lifestyle to enjoy. That is my motto. That is my passion. And I want kinship to feel less of a burden and more of a blessing for our kinship community because we're better together. And it's all about unity and spreading awareness. So what I did not have as a kinship provider, I now want to give and support to those who are now. That's really great. Great. Definitely uh, appreciate that. And thank you again for, for joining us and definitely would encourage anyone to, to reach out, subscribe to the text or just, you know, connect with your local office to get kinship services. Katrina, definitely thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening and subscribing to What's the 211 podcast. We are here for you 24-7, 365 days a year, simply by calling 211. Also connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at 211 Maryland or at dragondigitalradio.podbean.com. Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Radio.